1: Madava की jai, she should rather go jai, jai. Thank you, So we're reading this morning from the Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 4, chapter 7, entitled The Sacrifice Performed by Daksha, text 33. Is it? 32. Text 32.
2: Indra Uvacha Indra Uvacha, Idam ap. Idam apia chuta vishva bhavanam. Idam at chuta vishva bhavanam. Vapur ananda karaman Vapur ananda Suravid vid shapanar uda Suravid vid 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 Buja Upapanam Ashtabhi. Buja Dandar Upapanam Ashtabhi.
1: Would someone like to chant?
3: Indra. Go, go ahead, Brinda.
4: No, you go.
2: You go, please.
3: Indra Vacham.
2: Indra Vacham
3: idam api atyuta visva bhavanam
2: idam idam,
3: idam atyuta bhavanam vapur karam manodrisham vapur karam anodrisham shura
2: Suravit
3: Shop and I. Upapanam Ashtabi.
2: Boja Upapanam Ashtabi. Anyone else? Indra Uvacha, Indra Uvacha idam api ta vishva bhavanam idam api ta mat suddha sabha bhavanam papura nanda karamano drishyam
3: vapura nanda karamano
2: drishyam shuravidvit kshapanaruta yudair shuravidvit Uja dandar upana mastabi. Uja
3: dandar Ujadanda- mastabi.
2: With meanings. Indra Uvacha. Indra Uvacha. Indra said. King Indra said. Idam. Idam. This. 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 Api. 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 Certainly.
1: Certainly.
2: Achyuta.
1: Achyuta.
2: infallible one. O infallible one. one. Vishwa-Bhavanam. Vishwa-Bhavanam. welfare of the universe. For, For the, the welfare, welfare of, the of the
3: universe.
2: Babu. Babu. Transcendental form. Transcendental Transcendental form. Anandakaranam.
1: Anandakaranam. A cause of pleasure.
4: A cause of pleasure.
3: pleasure.
1: Manadrisham. Manadrisham. Manadrisham.
3: Manadrisham.
2: the mind and the eye. To the mind and the eye.
4: Suravidvit. Suravidvit.
1: Envious of your devotees.
2: Envious of Envious your devotees. Shapanay. Shapanay. By punishment. By punishment. by are you die? With uplifted weapons.
3: With uplifted weapons.
2: Who Arms, with
3: arms,
2: with arms, upapanam, upapanam, possessed of, possessed of, ashtabi, ashtabi,
1: with eight, with eight, with eight, translation and report by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki dā. King Indra said, My dear Lord, your transcendental form with eight hands and weapons in each of them appears for the welfare of the entire universe. And it is very pleasing to the mind and eyes. In such a form, your Lordship is always prepared to punish the demons who are envious of your devotees. Please repeat. King Indra said,
3: then in Indra said
1: my dear lord my dear
3: lord
1: your transcendental form with eight hands your transcendental
3: form with eight, eight hands
1: and weapons in each of them and weapons, and weapons in, each in each of them appears for the welfare of the entire universe appears for the welfare of the, welfare of the, entire, of the universe.
3: entire universe
1: And it is very pleasing to the mind and
2: eyes. And it is very pleasing pleasing to the mind and eyes.
3: eyes.
2: In such a form. In such a
3: form.
1: Your lordship is always prepared. Your lordship is always
3: prepared prepared
1: to punish the demons.
3: To punish the the demons
1: who are envious of your devotees.
4: Who are envious of your devotees.
1: Srila Prabhupada's Purport. It is generally understood from revealed scriptures that Lord Vishnu appears with four hands. But in this particular sacrificial arena, Lord Vishnu arrived with eight hands. King Indra said, even though we are accustomed to see your four handed Vishnu form, this appearance of eight hands is as real as the four handed form. As Lord Brahma had said, to realize the transcendental form of the Lord is beyond the power of the senses. In reply to that statement by Brahma, King Indra said that even though the transcendental form of the Lord is not perceivable by the material senses, his activities, and his transcendental form can be understood. The Lord's uncommon features, uncommon activities, and uncommon beauty can be perceived even by an ordinary man. For example, when Lord Krishna appeared, just like a six or seven-year-old boy in Vrindavan, he was approached by the residents there There were torrents of rain and the Lord saved the residents of Vrindavan by lifting Govardhan Hill and resting it on the little finger of his left hand for seven days. This uncommon feature of the Lord should convince even materialistic persons who want to speculate to the limit of their material senses. The activities of the Lord are pleasing to experimental vision also but impersonalists will not believe in his identity because they study the personality of the Lord by comparing their personality to his. Because men in this material world cannot lift a hill, they do not believe that the Lord can lift one. They accept the statements of Srimad Bhagavatam to be allegorical, and they try to interpret them in their own way, but factually, The Lord lifted the hill in the presence of all the inhabitants of Vrindavan as corroborated by great acharyas and authors like Vyasadeva and Narada. Everything about the Lord, his activities, pastimes, and uncommon features should be accepted as is. And in this way, even in our present condition, we can understand the Lord. In the instance herein, King Indra confirmed, your presence with eight hands is as good as your presence with four hands. There is no doubt about it. Oh, my jnana dimirandasya, gananjana shalakaya, chakshurun militanena, dasmai shri gurave namaha, jai shri krishna Chaitanya. Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadada, Sri Vasari Gauravakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Vanchakalpa Tarubyascha, Kripasandubyavacha,
2: Patitanam Pavanedhyo, Vaishnavibhyo, Namo, Namaha, Hare Krishna, good morning everyone, Hare
1: Krishna, so here Srimad Bhagavatam is very mercifully presenting an elegant garland of prayers, beautiful necklace as all the members of the assembly, this vast assembly at Daksha's sacr- sacrificial ceremony, they're all there and they get an opportunity to praise the supreme personality of Godhead. We see throughout the Bhagavatam it's replete with prayers, very eloquent, heartfelt prayers uh, from the saints and sages. And actually, this prayer it's called Vandanam. That's a Sanskrit word, prayer Vandanam, is a very essential practice in Bhakti Yoga what Bhagavatam is showing here also and this is really amazing that prayer prayer is a universal it's a universal uh, activity its practice not just on the earth planet but throughout the entire universe prayer is common to everyone not, not only do humans earthlings pray but we're seeing here greater, uh, exalted, powerful demigods and sages and saints. They feature in the Srimad Bhagavatam with their prayer. And so it's a universal principle. It's there uh, in all the wisdom traditions of the world, um, <clears throat> all the various re- religions. And when we think about it, Prayer is actually very, very natural. It's instinctive and it's there. It's like the primal utterance of the soul as the soul is tossed into the primordial soup. Naturally, there's this cry when one enters the world of higher fear and one utters this prayer, help me, help me. And he's appealing like the did the elephant. He did not know for sure who the supreme authority was, but he's praying, please save me, please help me. So that prayer is very, very natural. And we see in the Hare Krishna movement, what I found quite striking, quite noticeable when I came in contact with the devotees, uh, they took the Hare Krishna devotees, they were quite unique in many, many senses, more than one that they took this praying to another level. Our prayers in the material world, you know, a lot of people pray, most people pray, hopefully. My mother, I thought she was always such a a prayerful person, but so many, so much dimension and depth is given to this bandhanam process in bhakti yoga, that the devotees, you see, You think of a Hare Krishna devotee, and that signature look they have, that style, they're there and they always have the inevitable japa bag, the bead bag, and they're always chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. They're muttering, they're uttering their japa. They're praying, they're singing publicly Hare Krishna, you know, completely on a transcendental platform. They're they're praying, they're singing, and then we have these prayers also in the scriptures in the Shastras. Throughout, there's all these prayers by great personalities. We have here Lord Indra. Then there's the prayers of Punti, the prayers of Prahlad the prayers of Grandfather Bhishma, the prayers the list goes on. So great emphasis is, is placed on this vandanam process. Why is it so important? Srila Prabhupada explains to us about the importance of prayer. It's one of the nine processes to attain love of God, to attain perfection. Like we see the example is given of Akrura. He attained perfection, that perfection which is praying, Krishna prem love of God by the process of prayer. Vandanam. <clears throat> and Prabhupada explains that this praying which should be done with, from the core of one's heart, it's a natural instinctive process that we want to commune with the Lord. We want to communicate with Krishna. And Krishna wants to hear that. In one conversation with Prabhupada, one devotee said, it was on a walk, I believe, one devotee was saying, well, Prabhupada." I'm so fallen. That I feel a sense of inadequacy. How can I pray to Krishna? And, Krishna, and Prabhupada answered, and he said, do you know what he said? He said, um, we should pray to the Lord. We should reveal our heart and mind and confidence with the Lord. It's that way to establish that long last communication with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And he, he also said, okay, so Our objective is we want to go back and associate with Krishna in the spiritual world. At least some of us do. And when we go, what will we do? Will we not talk? Will we not say anything because we're so very fallen and humble? He said, God wants to hear us talk. Even if it's like a child, he gives the example of a father with, with a little baby. Baby might gurgle and coo in his gurgling and the father is very much entranced by that. He's very much uh, happy to hear the gurgles, the babyish talk of the child. So Krishna wants us to speak. He's very interested in us, although he's so great and he's surrounded by all these advanced devotees, Krishna wants to hear everyone speak. He is interested, but it's what we speak about. And I learned in uh, Bhakti Yoga, from Guru and from the devotees, that yes, we can pray to the Lord like Prophet is saying—that spontaneous prayer—but we can improve the quality of our prayer. That can be improved, and we and part of that process of learning more and be, being educated more in the art of prayer. Is learning, taking the guidance of our guru, our spiritual master, of course, hearing from the devotees, seeing the devotees in action, actively in a mindful way, chanting their japa or being absorbed in the kirtan or memorizing prayers and, and chanting very, very uh, nicely in front of the deities for their pleasure. So there's no harm in learning from the saints and sages of yore, of the Vedic law, and learning from contemporary devotees, one should be open-minded. So that personal prayer is there. And then also there are these Shastra prayers like King Indra here, he's outpouring from his heart. And because of this culture of Krishna consciousness, we are learning the particulars of prayer. Certainly we pray. We do so many things in the material world and we come with them to Krishna consciousness. And when we add Krishna to it, then so many new horizons open us up to us. So we learn how to pray, how to talk to God. There's so many things that we learn, like who to pray to, what to pray about, what to talk about. We don't want to be boring or just saying the inevitable things. We don't want to be fruitive. We're praying to the Almighty. Whom should I address my prayers to? What mood should I be in? What should I talk about? What should I pray for? So many questions. So we are learning. We come to Krishna consciousness and we have to start from scratch. Because we've been so conditioned for lifetimes in all these different habits. So we have to learn again. We have to re-educate ourselves. How to eat. How to sleep. How to mate, believe it or not. How to defend. How to pray with quality. How to pray with, for the pleasure of the Lord. It's not only about us in the prayer and our entreaty, our petition, but also the person we are addressing. This is a person. We don't want to oppress them. We want to communicate with them for their pleasure. We have to think about them too. We cannot be impersonal. So in this regard, let's look at the king of heaven. That's no other than King Indra himself. He's the king of heaven. Let's look at his prayers, what he says. He's saying, first of all, he's worshiping in, in a way of awe and reverence. Very, very respectful. In a mood of adoration of the Supreme Lord. He says, your transcendental form with eight hands and a weapon in each of them appears for the wealthy of the entire universe. And it is very pleasing to the mind and eyes. In such a form, your lordship is always prepared to punish the demons who are envious of your devotees. So his prayer has a lot of praise. And we see that element of prayer in most of the prayers in the Srimad Bhagavatam. There's praise, praise for the Lord, adoration, appreciation. He is appreciating the beauty of the lord is very pleasing to the mind and eyes i didn't even notice that vishnu had eight hands and then i noticed oh he has eight hands and he's he's appreciating how the lord is there for everyone the lord is all embracing he comes to the wealthy of the entire universe so there's praise and there is gratitude intrinsic in that praise there's that gratitude for the lord coming and coming in in the world for the protection of the devotees well he should know about that lord indra because sometimes or quite a lot of times lord indra might be in a fix or gets himself in a scrape and it's always krishna who helps him out ultimately in his position of power as the king of heaven He's always a bit in anxiety. It's such a precarious position when someone is in power anywhere, not just on earth, anywhere, even being king of heaven, there's always that anxiety, that fear, the same fear that makes us utter that primal cry of save me from the primordial sea. So he is afraid that he'll be overthrown. And sometimes he is overthrown from his position. His kingdom is taken over by, we see Hiranyakashipu, the, the great demon. That's why he's talking about demons here. He, every now and then he has some sort of confrontation, the demigods and the demons, the suras against the Asuras. And they want to take away his position and, and control the three worlds. This, this happened many times with him before, Hiranyakashipu. He sat on the throne of Indra. Indra was like a footstool. Sometimes the demigods, they become dispossessed. They go wandering around. They're homeless, it happens. Even on the heavenly planets. <clears> Hiranyakashipu <throat> took over the throne, kicked him out, dethroned him. Then we have the case of the great demon devotee, Bali Maharaj. <clears throat> he became so very powerful that he dethroned King Indra and he was in control, not just of Indra's immediate kingdom, but the entire three worlds. In Krishna, the Lord has to come to rectify the situation, you know, make every, put everything in balance, restore order. So we can understand where King Indra is coming from, from his prayers. After all, as it said previously in the text, Each person who's offering prayers, they are endowed by that ability even to pray to Krishna and they're praying according to their level of self-realization, according to their capacity where they are at. So uh, we're seeing this element of uh, prayer here with King Indra that he sees the Lord as a protector and he is also seeing the Lord as the upholder of Dharma, where he's saying, your Lordship is always prepared to punish the demons who are envious of your devotees, which reminds one of that verse in the Bhagavad Gita, where uh, Krishna says, paritranaya cha sambhavami yuge yuge, where Krishna himself says that he comes <clears throat> he comes to the protection of the devotees and to annihilate the miscreants. So that's how, that, that's his vision, that's his perspective. And one most important thing in all these elements of prayer, the praise, you know, the gratitude, the appreciation. Another thing is we can learn so much from the prayers of the great devotees, Indra is a great devotee. He has a service to do that requires a lot of uh, steadiness, you know, uh, enthusiasm, what he, he takes care of, of the weather. He's Thor, the thunder god, he's the king of heaven. <clears throat> In these prayers, if we examine them, if we study them very uh, carefully, we'll see the prayers are very educational in more ways than one, That his prayers have a lot of philosophical meaning, philosophical purport. He is um, showing us that the supreme, the absolute truth is a person. The absolute truth is a person. It's the most beautiful person. It's that person who can give us the ultimate protection free us of all that insecurity and fear that we have. And he's giving us such a nice vision. He's giving us a darshan of the Lord. Your transcendental form. It's got eight hands. It's got the weapons to punish the demons. So he's seeing that punitive aspect of the Lord, the protective aspect of the Lord. And um, in that way, these Mayavadi notions, this is actually refuting and defeating Mayavadi notions that the absolute truth is impersonal. So there's a, a treasure trove of information we can get about Vandanam, how to pray, what, uh, what, what to pray about, how to express oneself. And above all that, we're seeing these devotees, they're placed in different situations. Like King Indra here, we're seeing this situation as Krishna came and rectified everything, restored the the, the Yagya and so on. Um, They're praying in all all these uh, different, all these different situations here and they're praying according to the situation, but above everything, we're seeing that the Lord accepts the prayers of those, he's even more pleased with those who are praying, not in a mechanical way, but with a genuine outpouring of the heart. And this is a very important, it's like one could say the most important element of praying, that the prayer should not be by rote, it should not be mechanical, King Indra, Lord Brahma, the wives of the performers of the sacrifice, all of these people, they're very mindful, they're there at the moment and their prayers are meaningful. It's very easy to become mechanical, especially like if we have a liturgical program, there's so many prayers. First thing in the morning, there's Mangalarti prayers to the spiritual master, recitation of the Shikshastakam, the ultimate prayers of Lord Chaitanya, prayers to Tulsi, prayers to the spiritual master, prayers to the Bhagavatam class, prayers for chanting Japa, prayers for Kirtan, prayer, prayer, and more prayer. So we have to make a conscious effort to always be there in the present, and not just rattle off the prayers in a mechanical way mindlessly without thinking, about, thinking deeply about what we are saying. So that example of mindfulness and being in the present there, we can see also as an outstanding feature in the prayers of all of these illustrious personalities who are there praising Lord Vishnu <clears throat> and Krishna, Krishna accepts the prayers of his devotees, especially if they are done very nicely, very properly. There's a nice verse I wanted to share where it from the Srimad Bhagavatam, which corroborates that in the Bhagavatam 6, 9, 46 to 47, the Lord has revealed some of his glories to the devotees. And he's pleased by their prayers, just like he's revealed some of his glories here with his dynamic appearance, his eight arms, the weapons and other paraphernalia. So, yeah. And here's what Shukadeva Goswami tells Maharaj Pariksit about the prayers of the demigods, excuse me. Sri Sukadeva Swami continued, O King Pariksit, when the demigods offer the Lord their sincere prayers in this way, the Lord listened by his causeless mercy. Krishna is so polite, so patient, so kind. Being pleased, the Lord then replied to the demigods. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, O beloved demigods, You have offered your prayers to me with great knowledge, and I am certainly most pleased with you. A person is liberated by such knowledge, and thus he remembers my exalted position, which is above the conditions of material life. Such a devotee is fully purified by offering prayers in full knowledge. This is the source of devotional service to me. So Krishna is pleased when we make some attempt. We are very small and infinitesimally small. Krishna is inconceivably great. But he, he he's very appreciative and he reciprocates. He's very pleased with the prayers. So we discussed some different elements in the prayers of King Indra, and like, how can one apply that to Abhideya? Like, how can one apply that to my prayer? to my daily life, we can praise the Lord. We can praise the Lord also, just like others do. And that's a natural thing. Uh, One wants to praise, to glorify, to adore, someone who's wonderful and and great for being themselves. So we can praise the Lord according to our capacity and realization. We can learn, we can learn from the Shastric prayers, And Shastrik prayers, we can see they go hand in hand with our personal prayer. So we can apply those principles in our prayer also. We can praise the Lord very nicely in a heartfelt manner. And uh, we can learn. We can learn from that. There's gratitude. We can praise the Lord in our own little way. Thank you, my dear Lord, for giving me all these resources and facilities to maintain myself body and soul together we can pray in that way for our maintenance our protection how the lord is protecting us um and we can make requests also because sometimes devotees ask Prabhupada. well we don't want to be fruitive we don't want to ask the lord for anything for ourselves so is that okay and Prabhupada said you can ask the Lord that you can reveal your mind and confidence, you can ask the Lord for things, you know, you can ask the Lord, please, uh, please help me to become a devotee, please teach me to learn to, to love you, please protect my vows that I keep my vows in Krishna consciousness, please help me to overcome my bad habits uh, and we can pray for others We can pray for others. Like sometimes we're out on book distribution and we're trying to give someone some Krishna conscious literature. And we're praying, actually, we're praying all the time. Pray is like an ongoing natural thing. We're praying, please let them take this information. Please let them take this knowledge. We're praying to Krishna. So there's no harm in asking Krishna for things. And even for our own personal self to use in the service of Krishna. So we always have Krishna in the equation. We always uh, put Krishna in and then everything becomes more meaningful. So we talked about how prayer is an important process to serve Krishna, to learn, uh, to love God achieve praying and we also talked about shastra prayer prayer from the scriptures that they are very uh, educational they're very inspiring they're very helpful for us in our cultivation and uh, upping the quality of prayer in our personal life in our personal prayer our japa our kirtan we take uh, we take guidance, we take shelter from these Sterling devotees of the Srimad Bhagavatam where their unmotivated, sincere prayers. Uh, we talk about uh, the different elements of prayer, like uh, praise, uh, gratitude, um, <clears throat> appreciation, um, the philosophical imports in the prayers, and so on, how we can uh, apply these different elements of prayer we see in the devotees in Srimad Bhagavatam in our daily life, how to develop a proper mood and not be mechanical and say prayers or rattle them off in a mechanical way by rote. And we also talked about how we can um, be more mindful and personal in our services as an, I talk about that Well, we wanted to talk about that that this prayer the prayer actually it's not just prayer alone Prabhupada said you can pray and you can endeavor God helps a man who helps himself so praying is fine once some uh, <clears throat> devotees asked Prabhupada in Boston um Prabhupada we need a, a, a temple we need a new temple should we pray the Prabhupada uh, Krishna for the temple and he said Yes, you can pray the Krishna and you can endeavor also. So from the prayer, if it's sincere and fervent, just naturally flowing from that is manifesting the service and the service itself is like prayer in motion, like poetry in motion. So these are some of the things that we discussed. I'll stop here if there are any questions, comments or discussion.
4: Um, I, I really liked, I really um, liked I'm the- hardly
1: hearing anything the volume is quite low oh, okay
4: is that better to get closer a little but
1: it could be higher the
4: volume okay how about that yes that's better okay Thanks. um I like this I like that you focused on prayer and like really like the point that you made that it's it's like a natural call or yearning of the soul and how it's it's universal it's just the it's innate to the living entity to the to the soul and uh and how it's a it's a yearning to commune with the lord and communication with him and i was thinking of the some of the acharyas and the prayers that they wrote the songs that they wrote they put the prayers as song. they made them as songs, and how it's said that in the spiritual world, every song, every word is a song, so, um, yeah, I, I just, it, some of these prayers that are written by the saints and acharyas are, like, they show us how to pray, and at the same time that the Lord accepts even the most basic prayer, but it seems like it's, Less about the words and more about the, the sincerity.
1: Yes, thank you. I'm just remembering what, Prabhupada said to some of the devotees. Um, I, I just mentioned a little, but he was saying, um, yeah, devotees saying, you know, I feel inadequate, and oh, I, I did mention, and um, how can I talk? And Prabhupada said, well, the goal is that you want to associate with Krishna. When you're in the spiritual kingdom or wherever you are. So uh, you what will you say? Will you stay quiet? You have to talk. You are, are you going to talk? Or are you not going to talk? He said that literally. Yes, you want to talk. You, you, are, you have to we have to learn to talk. we have, we have to learn to talk. and like you're saying the acharyas like Bhakti Notakur, his songs it really put you in, in such a mood and his descriptions, the power that he has that, that it, you really get absorbed in the mood, the feeling, that, that feeling of, of love. it may be temporary, but it's so very inspiring. And the more we associate with those songs and prayers, the more we learn the art of Vandanam as an offering to Krishna. So thank you for that. Anything else?
0: Thanks for the um I was, uh, when you were talking about Vandanam, I was, and prayer and the heart of the, um, yeah, the heart of the Vaishnava. I was thinking of Srila Prabhupada at, um, when he was at Advaita Bhavan, Mula Prakriti um, Mata, she shares memories. In her memories, uh, she interviews different senior Vaishnavas and Prabhupada's, you know, f- friends and associates.
1: A friend to
2: all.
0: Yeah, a friend yes. to all. And he was an Advaita Bhavan in the back, and she shares how the Pajari there was observing Prabhupada just crying and begging for mercy and expressing how my spiritual master has given me an impossible mission. So I, I find it very inspiring to see these acharyas who are, you know, they're sainapati Bhaktas, they're generals. Uh, they have such strength and intensity and determination and focus and clarity and confidence, and yet Uh, In that kind of intimate exchange with the Lord, their prayers, there's so much vulnerability and helplessness in their prayers. And then side by side, that combined with their, um, you know, Prabhupada, he stood upright, his chin was up, he walked very regally. And then that same person is sitting in the back of a temple just praying and crying, begging for um, guidance and protection. So I just find that to be very attractive, those the combination of those emotions of these um, acharyas and elevated vaishnavas so it's something that we can follow in the footsteps with regarding um our own lives that vulnerability begging for mercy and guidance and feeling helpless and then side by side standing on our two feet with confidence and you know utsahar nishcaya daryat. so yeah thanks for again yeah appreciating your highlighting this principle of vandanam
1: I like that point. You know, like the utter dependence. Try with all your might, endeavor with all your might, and at the same time be utterly dependent on the will of Krishna. That's a secret. Very, very nice. Thank you. Anyone
3: else? Uh, I have a question. Yes, Prabhu. But Amish, but I. Mataji, please accept my humble obeisances. all glories to Srila Prabhupada. My question is related to uh, the last sentence of the translation. Uh, it goes like this, quote, In such a form, your lordship is always prepared to punish the demons who are envious of your devotees. End quote. So my question is um, uh, very simple and very direct. Uh, What kind of envy is this? Um, uh, What is the reason why the demons are envious of the devotees? And I am asking this question because generally speaking, demons can be very powerful beings. But still, in accordance with this translation, we see that they are envious of the devotees. So, my question is envious of what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. What are they envious of? It's like it seems like they're it's an inborn thing. They're just they're just born with that, and they're inimical to the good, the do gooders, the real do gooders, the um. Yeah, they have contempt for them. They're envious of them. Seems by nature, the demoniac, they're, they're envious of the divine. Well, let's look at the case of King Indra. Every now and then he gets attacked by some demon and um, he's expelled or sent in exile or there's a big fight. They're envious of the devotee's possessions. Those possessions might be material resources, you know, kingdom Opulence, followers, and what a devotee has that's uh, given to him by the Lord—they're envious of somebody else's quota, right? Um, they're also envious of another thing they have, another possession. Their qualities, deep inside, they would like those qualities, but they're like sour grapes because they don't—they don't have the strength to develop these qualities. They're like sour grapes, and they realize like that verse I always quote from Othello Shakespeare, where Iago, the villain, he admits to himself about Othello. He says, he has a beauty that makes me ugly. So the demons are like that, they're envious of the devotees qualities so they speak disparagingly about the devotees. Oh, they think they're so good, they're holier than thou and they're so sanctimonious and whatever. So like that, and because of ignorance too, they are more in the modes of passion and ignorance. You know, in their mode of passion, they have a insatiable desire to possess, to accumulate. So these modes, they push the demons into that type of psychology, that type of mindset, where they can't appreciate the devotees. They feel intimidated and angry at the effulgence of the devotees because they're so very much steeped in these modes of ignorance and passion. Um, Would anyone else like to add anything to that?
5: Yes, I would like to say something. Um, I think all that you have said there is true, but I think one of the main reasons why the demons are envious of devotees because the demons want to be God. I'm all perfect, powerful, and happy. just like Yohane and Pallad And they see the the devotees are worshiping someone else as God Mm -hmm. and not themselves and not the demons. So Yohane Kachipu, he was so angry at Pallad hateful of Pallad because he was worshiping Hi Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> because, because he was because Pallad was worshiping Lord Vishnu this or Krishna and and Yanakashipu was so envious of 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 Vishnu. How, How could Palad dare to worship this person as God? I am God. I am the the Supreme. I'm the most powerful person. Everyone should worship me. So when they see that devotees don't, and when they see the devotees worship the Supreme Lord, they become hateful of the devotees and envious of the devotees. Yes, thank you very much.
1: This brings up another point. They're envious of the devotees too because they feel, look, they're getting everything and we're not getting And Like Hiranyakashipu, he accused Vishnu that he's partial, not Vishnu. He's the one. He's the one who orchestrated everything. And that's how my brother Hiranyaksha got killed. He's partial, although he's claiming he's impartial to everyone. Look, they're getting everything. They're always in ascendance, you know. Uh, he's, of course, the demons, they themselves, they get things. But one thing about them, the, I don't know if it's a PTSD they have in a demoniac way, that whatever they get, it's not enough. It's not enough for them. They want more. They do get resources and facilities, but it's not, it's never enough for them. Look, Vishnu is giving them this. He's favoring them. He's partial to them. And because they think the Lord um, is nepotistic. I mean, there are sons also, you know, or he's, um, <clears throat> he's biased. They are envious of the devotees.
5: An uh, 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 interesting point um, is made in the fifth canto about the subterranean heavenly planets where the demons reside. That it, it says that the standard of sense gratification enjoyed by, by the demons there is higher than that of the demigods, but still the demons, they cannot tolerate that the, that the demigods are enjoying sense gratification in the heavenly plants, and they, they still want to conquer and defeat them. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, a, that's the quality of a demon. <laughs> yes.
1: No matter how much they have, they're always looking and where they think the grass is greener and they want more and more and they envy the innocent and they they're envious of the devotees. Anything else? Anyone would like to add?
6: <laughs> no, Please accept my humble obeisances. Um, I'm always appreciative of uh, the reminder to not be so mechanical in my prayer. You know, it's very easy to you know, just the pranams mantra, or even just in my japa, you know, as Tushta would say, snick, snick, ram, ram, you know, and uh, <laughs> I think it, it helps me, like, with, uh, Bur um, Krishna Goswami um, taught me something, like, when I read his book, um, it was, uh, visualizing what I'm saying, you know, so, like, when I, like, Jaya Radha Madhava, um, I would visualize what I was saying as I was praying it as opposed to just singing the words or even in the Shringar prayer I, I try to visualize the parts i'm singing and it creates a better like more of a connect for me as opposed to just you know singing like the sanskrit it's actually trying to connect and um in each thing i'm praying you know so it's a, I don't know it's just a nice reminder and i really enjoyed this class okay
1: it's a My challenge. prayers
6: are going to be a lot deeper today, so thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you. It is a t- challenge for us to be, to live in the moment and to be there in, in a very mindful way for our prayers because it's so mechanical sometimes because there's prayer in everything. You have to pray to do the offering of the food. There's prayers before you chant your japa. We just have to be very, very mindful and try to remind ourselves constantly all the time to do everything, to do everything very consciously, Krishna consciously. That's why Prabhupada said, International Society for the Krishna Consciousness Movement. So thank you all very much. We can end here. Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada, Srila Yes, um,
4: I know. I noticed that Barbara had been waiting
7: to say something. Oh, okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go ahead. Um. I realized that a prayer is like a gift. You can't really give someone a gift unless you know them. And through these prayers of the, through the sastras, I'm learning who Krishna is and understanding that I can't really offer a prayer until I understand within my heart who Krishna is. And then um, I I have a grateful nature and I realized that I was unable to really express that until your words, when you said to be grateful for Krishna's protection. So I only had an understanding of being grateful for like material things because I'm a fairly independent person and now I get to supplicate myself and thank Krishna for his protection. And that to me is gonna just open up a whole new level of prayer for me. And I just wanna thank you for that. And then that understanding that you can't really give someone a gift unless you know them. And I can't really pray to Krishna until I know him. So thank you for allowing me to deepen my understanding and, and to understand more my relationship, so thank you.
1: Thank you very much for
7: your wonderful,
3: inspiring realization. Uh, uh, Parameshvara uh, Mataji, uh, uh, if you allow me, I, I yes. just have a, a quick question uh, to uh, Krishna Sharanand Das. Yes. Uh, are you there? Yes. Uh, uh, no, Prabhu, if I, if you allow me to ask, in relation to what you just said. Um, the, I didn't get it very well I, I need you to repeat it um, the, the the demigods are enjoying in the heavenly planets and yes. uh, and uh, uh, and the demons are enjoying where
5: in the subterranean heavenly planets yes,
3: yes. can yeah. you repeat can you repeat the, uh, your your quote related to the competition between the two
5: yes in the subterranean heavenly planets is this they are described in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam and how the standard of sense gratification there they have a, a very high standard of sense gratification yes materially speaking uh, and but they, you find that you see that they are still envious of the demigods uh, uh, and this, yeah. and the demons on, well Repeatedly, we see this in the Srimad Bhagavatam that they, they always try to conquer the heavenly clients and subjugate the Ramigods. They try to do that.
3: Yes, now, we, now I got Now I got it. Yes. Thank you very much, Prabhu. Paramish for uh, Mataji, thank you very much for your class. Okay. Thank
1: you. Anybody else? Jai. Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai Shiloka alpa ki jai Thank you very much
5: Van Shikarpatri vyas ji ke paas sanbhav prathichan an pavane vibhashi